0: I want to talk this morning, change that, about our wonder in a sense. I feel like all around the world kind of God just wants to restore this kind of this innocent freshness to our lives. And, um, you know, we live in an age that's pretty cynical, eh? cynical about leadership and broken. And div- there's just so much kind of antagonism and division and, and it's just everything so harsh, I'm disgusted with this, da, 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 da. and it's just, it's ah, and and maybe some of us just in a life stage that that's just a bit of a grinder. We we lived in the Philippines for seven years as missionaries. I remember when, when our kids were little, my wife writing a letter to her dad and going, "Life's just not much fun now," <laughs> and. Uh, didn't tell me. She told her dad, but because I was the source of the not much fun, probably. But but it's like, yeah. Some, sometimes it's just like, like there's just a grind, and and you know, and after whatever two years of COVID, um, just uh, it's a bit like. Uh, for those, we were with um, the Harveys in Christchurch and, and others around the earthquakes, and they talked about earthquake brain just affected people not thinking clearly, a bit niggly, a bit triggered by stuff. And, and a year or so ago, my wife and I in Auckland were like, it feels like the same. Like people are just fragile and niggly and stuff like that. And, uh, and, and just the morning before we headed off overseas, there was an article on Stuff News site, and the, and the t- subtitle was this Why Kiwis Are Fed Up With Everything Right Now. So this is the opening line. Kiwis are fed up with everything right now. The COVID epidemic is stretching into its third year and tempers are frayed. We're all out of empathy and experts say that, frankly, it's not surprising. Experts say that after two years of being told to be kind, Kiwis' empathy reserves have run dry, leaving us fed up, burnt out and thoroughly sick of each other. And he goes on to say, with the stress of a seemingly endless pandemic now compounded by rising costs of living, threats of a housing crash, and worries about the Ukraine, New Zealanders are all out of cope. And they quote a a clinical psychologist, Dougal Sutherland. He's actually part of our church in Wellington. He's the go-to guy that news always uses. He says this, the clinical psychologist agrees that right now New Zealanders seem to hate everything. He says, our hair trigger tempers and simmering resentment are understandable, though perhaps not admirable. And he, there's a quote from him. Usually in life we have a bit of a break, but with this intense chronic stress, our anger and irritability levels have sat up there. Even the small things brass us off. And, and they interview this guy. He's an employer, and he, want the, he, he won't give his real name because he thinks he's going to upset both his clients and his uh, employees. So they Luke. I'm sure he's not talking about you. Luke. Luke says, the thing that most upsets him these days is other people. (laughs) He says, they don't have to be doing much to annoy him. Walking too slow, talking too loud, or simply being alive. So, so, amen. So I don't know if that resonates with you, but it's it's like, I feel, you know, and in the context of that, Jesus comes and says this, Truly, I tell you, unless you change and become like little children, you'll never enter the kingdom of heaven. And, and I feel like God just wants to restore something of the sense of just innocent, fresh wonder at life. Because I don't know the last time you were just like in wonder. Possibly not a lot in the last few years. Um, we've got three grandchildren, so actually one's just a few Four days younger than Eli, but the other two are little, so two and just about one. So they were born with COVID, they live in Christchurch, so we actually haven't seen them very much because we couldn't travel to see them. And so we, it's kind of like, oh, we're trying to, you know, be grandparents these kids, I think we've only seen twice. Uh, and so we came, we came up with this idea a few months ago oh, let's make a little video. So our, our granddaughter is two, uh, so it's a short it's 30 seconds, like it's not an hour, okay? But it's like, let's make a little video. So. And her name's Nora. So we made this little video like, hello, Nora, how are you? And you can count to three, can't you? One, two, three, and you like going down the slide and stuff like that. And and our daughter-in-law sent a message back, Ah, she really loves the video. She watches it over and over. And she sent a photo of her watching the video and she's like this, oh my goodness, there's these people who know me. And they know my name, and they know what I like, and they, and they know what I can do. And, 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 I, and I feel like that's part of what God just wants to restore, that sense of wonder in life, that sense of freshness and almost innocence. Wonder just means it's a feeling of amazement and admiration caused by something beautiful, remarkable, or unfamiliar. Like when was the last time that you were in wonder? as a, yeah, wonderful, inspiring delight, pleasure, or admiration, extremely good or marvelous. And so I believe God wants to rekindle a sense of wonder in our lives. But the question would be what, yeah, I wonder what he wants us to be in wonder of. And so you could go, well, probably uh, he would want us to be in wonder at, um, at, who he is, his character, his bigness, and you're like, yeah, he does want a sense of wonder at God and his character and his greatness. So, yeah, that's true. Or maybe a sense of wonder at his creation, the galaxies, Matariki, the, 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 the mountains, the whales. And it's like, yeah, he does want us to be in wonder at that. But I want to I wanna talk about something different today. And when I say it, you're going to feel like, oh, man, this is Christianity light. Like, this is, not, this is rubbish. And so I'm going to say, no, it's actually Biblical. I believe, I want to show you that. I think the thing God wants us to be in wonder is this. How much God is involved in your life. How much he's invested in you. How much he cares about you. How much he's individually involved with you. That's actually what he wants us to be in wonder of. And I pray this morning you might go away with a sense of, oh my goodness. He actually knows me. He actually cares. He's actually invested in my life. So there's a famous Psalm, Psalm 139, uh, where David reflects on this. And the opening line, you know, verse one, you have searched me, Lord. It's like, you've searched out those different parts of my heart, that, like, that, like I don't really know why the, why I feel anxious or afraid in the situations. So I was like, I know where that, I know that part where that comes from. I, I know why those things trigger you. I know I know what happened when you were six or seven that just makes you afraid in those kind of situations. I I know why, you, I, I don't know where that sense of shame, some like God's like, I know where that comes from. I know what that's about. I know why this triggers you. I've searched out all the parts of your heart. I know. Those secret dreams that you've never told everyone, anyone. I I I I know even when you don't know what's going on, I don't know why I'm feeling like this. God's like, I know. I've searched out your heart. I know, I know what makes you tick, even when you maybe when your spouse is like, I don't know why that grumpy. God's like, I know. I don't know why she's crying. God's like, dummy, I know. Like, I, I, I've searched, and so because of that, and you know me, like, God, you actually know everything about me and how I work and what, and what makes me tick. So he goes on, like, you know when I sit and when I rise, you know when I'm just feeling a bit tired and I just need to take a break. And you, and, and you know when I'm maybe a bit restless and, and I, or when I'm inspired and I'm getting up and I want to go and do something. God, like, you know what I'm doing, God. Even when my spouse is like, what are they doing? Or the kids are like, what are they doing? Or you with your kids, what are they doing? God's like, I know. And, and you perceive my thoughts from afar. You know the thinking that's going on inside of my head. You understand what I'm thinking and feeling when, when, when other people don't understand. When I don't even understand, God, you know what I'm thinking. Uh, and, you know, and you discern my going out and my lying down. God, you know when, uh, when, again, when I'm just a bit restless and I just need to get out and I need to go for a walk. Like God, like, I know, I know what you, I know, I know what you're doing there. I know what's going on. When when it's like there's a party and you disappear early and go home and you can't you just can't handle people anymore. God's like, I know I know why they felt like that. I know how they're feeling. Uh, this you are familiar with all my ways. Like you understand completely how I operate. You need you know my time. You my need for connection and my need for alone time. You know how I dream big dreams or how I'm locked in details. You know how I'm concerned about little things or how I, how I, how certain things paralyze me or make me fearful. Like, you know how I operate, God. You know everything about how I live. And, and verse four, before a word is on my, oh, before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. Even before I've formulated, what are you, what are you why are you so grumpy today? I don't, I don't know. God's like, I, When you get your thinking together, I know what you're going to say, because I I just I know everything about you. Before a word is on my tongue, you know it completely. You hear me in behind and before, like God, you're all around me. You were there yesterday, and you saw what happened, and you know that's why I've woken up grumpy today. You were there, you saw this thing, and you know that's why I'm feeling a bit hopeful or excited today. Like you've been there. And you go ahead of me. You you know what's coming tomorrow. You know what this week's going to be look like. So you, you know what I'm concerned about, or worried. like you're all around me, God, and 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 you lay your hand upon me. There's this sense of kind of reassuring presence, like hey hey, I'm here. You, you're not alone. Hey hey, you feel like things are spinning and no one's around. I'm here. I'm here. It's okay. I'm here with you, and, and it's a hand of presence and reassurance. And, and, and it's a hand of also guidance. Hey, just go, no, go this, this is the healthy way. Go this way. And a, and a hand of impartation. It's like your hand, I'm not doing this alone. God, you're with me. You're all around me. Um, and that's where, why I say this is biblical. Such knowledge, what? Is too wonderful for me. Like that, like, oh my goodness, that is too amazing to believe. It's too lofty for me to attain. In Hebrew, the word means incomprehensible, extraordinary. Judging by the customary and the expected, it's impossible. It's extraordinary. It's wonderful. Like, God, that you are that invested in my life, that you are that interested in the detail of who I am, that's incredible. And I'm kind of hiding behind these things, but, God, you know me. And you're totally for me. And, and you understand everything about me. Um, the message translation of verse five, I look behind me and you're there, then up ahead and you're there. Your reassuring presence coming and going. This is too much, too wonderful. I can't take it all in. Um, if you go down... But later in the psalm, it reiterates it again, but it takes it on to a next level. For you created my inmost being, you knit me together in my mother's womb. It's, it's not just that God is here now, it's like he's always been here. I love Sam's thing about the table. It's like when you came and, and you opened your heart to God, that's not when God started, he's always been there. And and I want to show you four or five times in scripture they'll specifically say he was there watching over you in your mother's womb. It's like, why is that such a big deal? Because it's kind of the place of potential and innocence and safety. And it's like, I was before life happened, yeah. before you took some hits, like I was there when when everything was possibility, when everything was hope, and and I've always been there. I I I've seen the real you before you put you hurt and you got put those walls up before you got caught up in those addictions and stuff. Like I was there and I and I knit you together. I formed you in that place and and um and like I made you. And, and even, not only physically, but I made the person that you are. If you're, you know, you're like the world tells you, ah, oh, you're too loud, you're an earhead, whatever. No, I made you the life of the party. I made you the extra, oh, you're this loner and quiet. No, I made you to bring depth to relationships and quiet. Oh, oh you're such a boring, dry, details person. No, I made you with a focus that just gets things done. Oh, you're just a useless dreamer. No, I made you to dream things. Like God, you put me together like this. And that's why I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. And, and I love this. He says, Your works are wonderful. He's not talking about the galaxies, he's not talking about the whales, he's talking about himself. And I'd suggest that in Kiwi culture, nobody in New Zealand looks in the mirror and goes, That's wonderful but it's actually biblical because he put you together with your strengths, with your interests, with your passions, with your personality. And, And so I love this conclusion. I know that full well. I bet there's nobody here today, including me, that could honestly say, I know that fully well. I guarantee we all struggle with it. But he's like, Man, I have grasped this biblical truth, God, that you made me, that you are so for me, that you delight in me. Um, He goes on to say, my frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together. In verse 16, your eyes saw my unformed body. And then he takes it on to another level. They keep adding more bits of truth. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. Not only are you here now, not only have you always been there, God, you knew every day. You knew the days when I would dream dreams of what I could do with my life. You knew days when I'd be so excited. You knew the days that I would fall in love. But then you also knew the days when my heart would be broken, when I would be so wounded, so disappointed. In God's like, I, I just gonna journey with you through this whole thing. And, 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 I, and the pain and stuff, like, I, I want to work and I want to bring you through to the other side. I want to take you to something to the, realize what the person that I made you to be. Like, I don't underestimate he is so for you and all of that. And so again, um, the, the language, the Hebrew in here of wonderful, it's to be marvelous, to be surpassing, to be extraordinary, to be, to be beyond one's power to believe, to be difficult to comprehend, to be difficult to understand. Like it's hard to get my head around that, that you are that for me, God. You are here today. You were there in my mother's womb when I was being formed. You, you knew every day of my life and you want to work with me towards something in that, it's like, God, this, this is incredible. And if you think, okay, that's one side, this is actually a pretty common biblical thought. Jeremiah, again, before, you formed, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Again, they like to go back to that place of just pure, safe, innocent stuff before the world hit you. And this, even before I formed you in the womb, I knew you, not just when you were there, before that, maybe you were a mistake for your parents, but you weren't a mistake for God. Like, before you were there, I knew that you were coming. I knew that you were gonna be born. I put you together, your personality, your strength. I, I knew every day of your life, I committed to being with you every day of your life. And it's like, and before you were born, I set you apart in his case it was to be a prophet, but it's like I had a purpose for your life. I created you with certain gifts and personality and and, and I saw what that could become. I saw who you could become yeah. and I committed to journeying with you to see that realized. and it's like, oh oh my goodness. And again, the message translation before I shaped you in the womb, I knew all about you. Before you saw the light of day, I had holy plans for you. Again, Galatians, Paul says this, but when God, who set me apart from my mother's womb, notice they keep going back to that. They kind of, and it's hard to put them like, why is that such a big deal? because the real you that's got lost and, and walls that got put up to keep it safe and to not let anyone see, it's like I knew you before all of that. I knew the hopes and dreams before you got hurt and disappointed with life, before life happened. I, I was there and, and, I, and God set me apart from, by that. Yeah, and, the, and, and there came a moment, yeah, God was pleased to reveal His Son in me. So, yeah, there was a moment that, that I realized that, but that's not the moment His relationship with me started. He's always been there. I love, you know, Sam's lead into communion. We just realized that He's always been there, He's always been involved. Like those times, even years of being lonely or hurt or broken, like he was there. And he's like, I just want want to work in your life to bring to some kind of purpose and achievement. Uh, You know, I, I love the conclusion going back to Psalm 139. How precious to me are your thoughts, God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. Again, this is supposed to be like jaw drop. Like you might think no one knows you exist. You might think you don't matter. He's saying like, I can't count the amount of time that God is thinking about me. God is constantly thinking about you, and, and, and I love the thought. The funny kind of conclusion: when I awake, I'm still with you. The thought is like, even when you were asleep last night, He was still thinking about you. He was like, man, I know this thing that I know what happened to them yesterday, and I, I you know, I, they go to church tomorrow, and I, you know, I, and I, I, and there's, there's going to be this song that they're going to sing, and that lyric could really speak to them and encourage them, and you know, I know, and I, and I know what's going to happen on Monday, and I could arrange this person to just drop them a note and. Like, Like, like you can't count the amount of thinking that God is putting into your life. Like, I can't. Like, that is, it's impossible to believe. God, you're constantly thinking about me. You're constantly investing in my life. You know, in Psalm 139, there's a a reflection of wonder, but I kind of love the sense it leads to this kind of prophetic sense of confidence. Uh, If you go to Isaiah 49, it's a prophecy about the coming Messiah, the, the suffering servant, but because we're in Christ, that applies to us as well. And I love how it starts. It's like, listen to me, you islands. Hear this, you distant nations. And it's like, I've spent my life with the world telling me that I'm not smart enough, that I'm a failure, that I'm too fat or too skinny, or I'm not athletic enough, or I'm not a nerd. Or that, and, and, and this coach that told me this, and these parents or these friends, and it's like, no, 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 you stop. You listen to me, because I'm going to now tell you who I am in God. You're not going to keep defining me under this burden. You listen to me as I tell you who I am. And notice where he goes again. Before I was born, the Lord called me from my mother's womb. He spoke in my name. Even before your parents named you, he named you. And he spoke destiny and purpose. And it's like, world, you're not going to rob me of that. And New Zealand particularly, something is deeply wrong in our culture of the kind of the brokenness and and teenage wrestling with suicide and self-harm. Something has to rise up and go, no, a biblical faith is you you are a wonderful work of God. And it's time to speak back to those voices that have robbed you of that. And it's time to define, you know, and, and declare who God's made you to be. And, and he goes on the sense like, God has been at work shaping me. He made my mouth like a sharpened sword. In the shadow of his hand, he hid me. Notice all about what he's been doing. He made me into a polished arrow, concealed me in his God through this messiness of life. You've been forming someone. You had a plan right back here in my mother's womb. Life happened. I'm allowed to say shit happened, but but God, in the midst of all of that, you've been working still to achieve what you always wanted. And you've been forming me to be somebody that I was always meant to be. Maybe there were weeks, months, years, decades that got lost, but God, you can weave in all of that to bring something out of this. Because you're committed to this thing. And, you know, the conclusion is spectacular. This he, said to, he said to me, you are my servant. No, your identity is defined by me, not by media, not by th- 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 those abusive people in your life, not by people who robbed you of your innocence or, or who wounded you or hurt you. No, you are my servant. I define who you are. Yeah. And an incredible conclusion, in whom I will display my splendor. It's a, picture, it's a word of reference of something. I want, I want to do something beautiful with your life as you become the person you're created to be. Paul sums it up in one verse. For we are God's handiwork. In Greek, poema, from which we get the word poem, masterpiece, craftsmanship. Like you are a work of art by God, your life, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. God has always designed your life to personally invest in you Amen. and create you to do something spectacular. I want to some of you who are at the camp would have heard this. I want to tell you a story about a young woman who's in our church some of, uh, and some of you would have heard the story l- last year um, but I want to update the story But it. but it's a story of someone that God just took something so broken and said, but I, knew, I always knew what you are created to do and I can still make that happen. So some of you might have heard of her, the, the young woman on the right. Her name's Jazz Thornton. So she's in our church in Auckland. She, her and her friends set up this uh, agency to do with teenage mental health. And so they are involved in media um, working with teenage mental health. But her, oh, sorry, trigger warning. I'm going to talk about um, suicide attempts and self-harm so if that's a thing for you, just protect your heart a bit, and if you need some prayer at the end, come and talk to us. But but her background is this. As a young teenager, 14 suicide attempts, she was actually at our college, and like Bible college is like, oh, Jazz isn't here today because she's OD'd again last night. She's in the emergency department. Oh, there's, she's been cutting herself in the break. It's just, just an incredible story of brokenness. And um, There was a story, this is later she met with this policeman who literally cut her down from a tree as she's trying to kill herself and said, don't do this, your life matters. She met up with her years later. But it's interesting because she, um, she, she came along to one of our youth events and she, we had this African-American guy speaking and she's not only responded to the message, something in her like, I want to do that one day what he's doing. I want to stand in front of crowds and tell, give them a message of hope. Like, how, this is the girl that's been told you're never going to get out of a psychiatric hospital. It's like, that's what I'm born to do. And so she came to our college, oh, and then she set up this, you know, she started getting known, uh, magazine articles. She got this publishing contract, wrote this book about her story, uh, then wrote a journal for teenage girls around mental health stuff. Uh, After our, and then with her GP who helped her a lot, it's been a long journey, started advocating for mental health. So they traveled around Asia Pacific talking about teenage mental health. Um, After our college, she, she went to film school and everyone had to write a script and they chose one script at the end of the year to produce as a film. And her script was about her friend who had committed suicide. And she produced this film and then it won all these awards internationally. Got to the New York Film Festival and won an award there. Uh, And then someone produced a film about her film, and that one won these awards too, and Cannes Film Festival. And then she was doing TED Talks, and then she started hanging out with well-known people. The next one, they used to be a bit more popular than they are now, but she met them, and they invited her to Buckingham Palace to talk about that. And then she ended up being invited to go and speak at the United Nations at a forum on teenage mental health. And so here she is speaking at the UN about teenage mental health. Um, and she's involved in a church, so there's a lot of support. This is one of our pastors, Pastor Esther Greenwood, uh, who supports her. This is the our senior pastor, Kathy Monk, supports her as well. So there's a lot of wraparound support. Still, but um, last year she won um, Young New Zealander of the Year. Like, well, how does that happen? How do you go from being so broken to doing that? And then some of you would know. Um, oh, and then. She just, this was her celebrating one million followers on TikTok. And it was funny, I was in England talking and telling the story, and this woman came up to me and said, oh yeah, I've got a teenage daughter, she follows jazz. And so all around the world, young girls are hearing this message of hope. Um, some of you would know she was dancing with stars, and then I was talking about her in Germany in the morning service, which is evening here, and like, of course she won it. That's what happens. <laughs> and then, and the same week, um, Forbes magazine named 30 under 30 people in Asia Pacific and her and her friend were on that and it's like how do you go and she's, I and most of our stories will never be like that I mean if dancing in the stars is the epitome of success I might as well give up <laughs> right now but um but um but to go someone was created in her mother's womb with this gift of communication and, and life happened and deeply broke her. But God in his m- mystery said, I'm actually going to use that to be the very thing that you're going to communicate about. And I'm going to create something beautiful out of your life. And um, most of us, that's never going to be our kind of story. But can I tell God is as invested in you as he was in jazz as he is in anyone else in the world. And that's almost too wonderful to believe, that you matter that much to God, that he thinks about you constantly, that he was there in your mother's womb. He knows who you're created to be. He's been there through every step of the way. Mm -hmm. And he wants to take you on to fulfill like, God, I feel like you've made something beautiful out of my life, and that's almost too wonderful to believe. Hey, can I can I invite you to stand? And maybe the musicians want to come back up. And again, I don't know how you engage with God. If it's close your eyes or just open your hands in front of you, saying like God, I I open to this reality. Because I feel like God just wants to encourage you. you, You're you're better than you think. You're better than you believe because you are a wonderful creation of God. Yeah, life has broken some stuff. But God so wants to encourage you.